0: How's it going, everybody? Gosh, it's insane to think that this is the season two finale. And what an amazing year it's been. It's honestly been surreal. We're going to end this season right with Tim Rogner from the iconic Chicago band, Alistair. But before we get started, we would like to take a second to thank this week's sponsor, Salt and Brass. Salt and Brass is a streetwear clothing brand inspired by punk, metal, tattoos, and skateboarding. Now, whether you're a teenage dirtbag or looking to join the anti-social surf club, Salt and Brass has got you covered. Need a hoodie or a beanie, cause it's cold fuck out, they've got it. T-shirts, shorts, or swimwear, got it. Head on over to www.saltxbrass.com and pick yourself up some rad shit. Also, make sure you give them a follow on Instagram as well to stay up to date on new items and drops. Once again, that's Salt X Brass. S-A-L-T-X-B-R-A-S-S. Thank you again so much to Salt and Brass for sponsoring this week's episode and thank all of you for continuously watching and listening. We couldn't do this without all of you. Thank you again so much. let's get into the episode and then we'll see you in season three. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Where Did All My Friends Go?, a podcast about life in the music industry. Today, we've got Tim Rogner from the iconic Chicago pop-punk band, Alistair. Tim, welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Heck yeah. Um, for, for those of you that weren't there, you know, uh, Alistair was playing at Four Chord Festival, and we happened to be at Four Chord Festival it was awesome. We were just able it to awesome. just walk right up, and you're just hanging out at your merch table, you're like S-. yeah,
1: shooting the breeze, hanging out, meeting love
0: people. It. I love do. that. So that's where we're able to we're able to chat and get this all set up. And one of the other things I've seen that I is awesome, crazy. You just celebrated your 20 year anniversary of your album, Last Stop Suburbia. How does it feel it like knowing that something you created 20 years ago still resonates resonates and means so much to people all these years later. It's
1: cool, man. It it it's really 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 cool. Um, you know, when we when we thinking about it now, you know, when we first wrote that record and when we recorded it, like never in a million years did we ever think we would still be playing songs off of that record today. And never in a million years did we think that it would resonate with people. And I still get emails and, and DMs from people who are like, man, that record is so awesome. Thank you so much for recording. And I was like, dude, how rad is that, man? Like, it's yeah. seriously the coolest thing in the world. Like, it's the it's the it's the highest compliment I think that you could possibly receive is like something that you put out 20 years ago still hits people in the right way. I think that's such an awesome thing. And I'm super grateful.
0: I I mean, just as a personal, as a, as a fan somewhere on Fullerton is, I think, one of the, the best pop punk songs ever written, uh, me me and my, my buddy, Mike, who listens to our show, watches it every week, um, when you guys were playing that you guys were one of the only people that I, I was telling my partner, Gibby, I was like, I need to go. I need to go watch Alistair at Four Chord. Like, I need to make sure I watch this whole one because I was also sending my buddy Mike like pictures and videos (laughs) and stuff. Because I'm like, we that honestly, that song shaped one of my earliest bands. Like, that we were like so cool. We were bad, we were so (laughs) bad. And we're like, all of a sudden, you know, all these pop punk bands, you know, out of. Out of the popularity of Blink-182, you know, Mm -hmm. like Phoenix TX, Alistair, Starting Line and all that stuff, we're like, oh my gosh, I want to be like this. And so when Last Stop Suburbia came out, we're like, we could play like, we could do that. We could play like that. And sure, so like that shaped just me as a musician. And uh, one of the coolest things, I was playing a show... I think it's probably in 2018. So before the pandemic, we're playing at this uh, record store in uh, St. Paul, Minnesota called cadence records. And I was just flipping through the records and randomly I found a last stop suburbia vinyl in there. No Mm -hmm. way. And it was amazing. And so I had, I that's, that's like my, my favorite record nice that's so so. cool (laughs) yeah but it's so cool it's so
1: cool that you say that because like like there's bands like that for me yeah you know like i listen to i listen to screeching weasel and i listen Mm -hmm. to the queers and i listen to green day and i listen to face to face and i'm like i want to be those bands i can be those bands like those are my favorite bands like fuck i would do anything to like be able to play a show like those bands can do or like to write pop punk like those bands can you know and so like when when those tables get turned and i hear you saying that to me it's like it's just the coolest thing because i know exactly what that's like like i know exactly how that feels because i was there and i do it even to this day with with all my favorite bands and even with like bands that i am newly discovering now today i'm like fuck i want to be just like that i want to (laughs) write a new song just like that guy yeah, and I just discovered him like two two months ago, or, or whatever the case is.
0: Right, and it it's fun because when you know the ever change music's ever changing, so it's fun to like hear something and be like, oh, I wonder if I could try that style a little bit. I mm-hmm. want to try it out, you know. And but yeah, it's it's great when you're an up and coming musician and you're you know just like I was when you know we found like my band found. Alistair and we're just like, you learn to be better by hearing somebody else that you, you could sound like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, oh gosh, well, they don't, they're not just shredding all the time. Right. I'm not that good of a guitar player. I can't do that. Yeah, but I can make like, I can make some four chords with sure. a really awesome melody, mm-hmm. you know, or. Yeah. try to make an awesome melody you yeah, know exactly that's, that's the yeah. hard part
1: and i think that's kind of the, that's kind of the beauty of punk rock you know yeah. in, in that i mean certainly there are some shredder bands oh, you know obviously. like that i love and i listen to like uh propaganda is one that sticks out in, in my mind for sure but but bands like screeching weasel bands like the mr t experience right those were mm-hmm. the bands that i grew up listening to and i realize i'm like well those guys are it's just three chords. That's all it is. And like you said, like I can do that. And I think that's cool because it gives a sense of hope to people who want who maybe might be a little reluctant to try. You right. know, maybe they look at those bands and now say, "You know what? I'm going to I'm going to give that a shot because if these guys can do it, how hard can it really be?"
0: Right. You know? And I think that's
1: kind of cool, you know, just and- just giving people that that kind of hope.
0: Hell yeah! And then you can like, you know, and as you're growing as a musician, you can branch out. Like our our, well, one of my, you know, old bass players, you know, after we started like practicing all the time and and then being kind of becoming better musicians, he was like, his favorite band became No Effects. He's like, well, I can't play like that, but I want to, you yeah. know, and, and and then that becomes then, your
1: motivation to, yeah. to get better.
0: And boy, yep. that could, that guy could play some bass after a while though, after nice. starting to learn how that stuff's awesome. I love that, nice. like yeah. how, how music can just make you want to be like a better, better person, just better Absolutely. at your craft. And yep. Alistair, let's start kind of the beginning here. Alistair was yep. formed in 1994 under the name Phineas Gage. That's right. While you guys were still in high school. So was the band named after the, you know, the railroad foreman survived having an iron rod driven through his head? Yes, he absolutely was. <laughs> or we absolutely were. Yeah. Um yeah, and I, I don't remember
1: even how that started. Like we must have learned about that guy in in some sort of like psychology class or something in, in for school sure. and we were like that's pretty fucking cool, yeah. you know, like <laughs> why don't we just call our band that? And so we did for a little while and in fact, I think we played one or maybe two shows under that name like we never we never made any like stickers or never pressed any t-shirts or anything under that name but I think we played like a basement show or two under the name Phineas Gage like when we were 16 or 17 probably
0: like when we first started off I mean you should you should make like some like because all i could think of is like man there's some pretty badass like almost hardcore designs you could make out of that for sure like, you, absolutely you should, <laughs> you should make some you know alice alistair goes phineas you know right <laughs> make, <laughs> just make some old some old phineas type merch just mm-hmm. for, like, for the hard that's not a bad idea yeah
1: i like that idea you, actually. you, you let me good. know
0: i'll get one i will <laughs> for sure <laughs> i remember uh i had a sticker and one of like the the my drummer had made the sticker and it was so brutal like it was like it was like a like so it really ominous picture of like from like the black dahlia murders mm-hmm. and i was like and we were just a straight up pop punk band but it was so like just ominous looking and i was just like god it's fucking hardcore dude <laughs> this is scaring me i can't do i know i was like like, this was intense man but like we made these stickers out of it It was all black and white you couldn't tell anything and i was just like this is only missing like some black metal like font (laughs) right (laughs) this would make for such a great black metal band design not not our just just pop as hell punk (laughs) beach boys pop punk oh yeah for sure (laughs) <laughs> so it, so one of the cool things one of the greatest things i think uh in 1998 alistair was one of the first bands signed to the legendary pop punk record label drive Through records mm-hmm. um, from an early 2000s fans perspective there's really nothing cooler than a band on drive Through records uh can you tell us a bit about those early years
1: yeah, those those early years were crazy. Like wh- so when we first started, so okay, so real quick here's a quick side story, right? Yeah. So Heck yeah. the first show that we ever played was under the name Phineas Gage, but there was a period of time for about maybe a month and a half that we actually referred to ourselves and called ourselves Fallout Boy. Believe it or not. Okay. No, that's that's <laughs> no joke at all. We never played any shows under that name, but for a while we called ourselves Fallout Boy and then we ultimately decided that was a bad name. And then we went with Alistair. So
0: yeah, moving um, forward. Historically bad name. Historically <laughs> terrible. Fans of that name will never see any kind well, of success. No one, whatsoever. Will, no one will ever get popular with that no, bad name. Never. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Boy, were we stupid. <laughs> we really dropped the ball there. Um, but no, so yeah, when we when we first started, um, you know, we were this kind of nobody garage punk rock band from the Mm -hmm. suburbs of Chicago. And and we were just kind of out there doing our thing, playing as much as we could. We, you know, we recorded a a demo tape in my basement or in my parents' basement, just on a four track that we recorded with us and our friend. Um, And we started selling that at shows. And then we, in, I want to say 96, 97, maybe early early ninety-seven, we um we sent that demo tape out to a, a bunch of record labels. Like there was this this old magazine called Book Your Own Fucking Life, where yep. it was yeah. um it was basically a compilation of um y- you know people who would host shows and people whose basements you could stay at or mm-hmm. play in, like all over the country. Um promoters who would do shows for you everywhere. And there were also I think lists of record labels in there who were maybe just starting off. And I think that's maybe where we got Drive Through's name from. I don't really recall. Um but we ended up sending our demo tape out to like I don't know 12, 13, 14 different labels and Drive Through was was one of the only labels that responded. Um and they wrote us a letter back and they said, "Hey, we really like your demo tape, but we want to hear a little bit more." Sure. Um, and we were like, "Oh my god! Like this is crazy! Like a <laughs> label actually is showing interest in us." At the time, we didn't really even know who they were. They were just on our list of labels to contact. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so <clears throat> we, it just so happened that not too long after we got that letter back from them, we had already planned on on recording a seven inch
0: okay. and putting
1: out a seven inch vinyl ourselves and, and funding it ourselves and everything. So we we ended up recording that in the winter of '97. And that became, you can't do that on vinyl, which was our first like official release. Mm-hmm. And so we sent, we pressed 500 copies of that and sold it ourselves at our shows. And we sent a copy to drive through and they were like, we really love this. Like we, we want to help you put this out. We want to do a distribution deal with you for this seven inch. And then we also want to do a record deal. And we're like, what the fuck? You oh, got to kidding me. Like, <laughs> oh my God, this is crazy. Yeah. And I think part of the reason we knew a little bit about Drive Thru is because at the time they had this band called Cousin Oliver, who was like a ska punk band, Mm -hmm. Um, and we had heard some of their songs on comps and stuff, Um, but I think at the time, Drive Thru only had maybe three bands, four bands. It was Cousin Oliver, this band called Unleaded Plus, and this band called The Pharmaceutical Bandits. Um, no, and I think that was art. the extent of, of their bands at the time. Maybe they had River Phoenix at the time, or they okay. were called River Phoenix yeah. at the time. Um, so we didn't really know about too much about the label, but we were like, oh my God, a label wants to put out our stuff. They want to do a record deal with us. 100% we're in. And and that's kind of how it got started for us. And so then we ended up doing our first record uh, called Dead Ends and Girlfriends in mm-hmm. 90 we recorded that in the uh in december of 98 and it came out in early 99 um and then we toured and we toured and then our second record ended up being last stop suburbia and that was the one we that was our first record where we got to actually spend some time sure. on it with a, a real producer in a, a legit i don't want to say a real studio but like you know with real equipment oh, and yeah. like for sure you know spend spend some time to actually make sure that it sounded good and Mm -hmm. that the songs were the way that we wanted them to be you know when we did dead ends and girlfriends that first record we were the songs were all written when we were like 16 and they were recorded when we were like uh, 18 maybe 18 or 19 so it's a pretty good reflection of that period in our lives (laughs) um you know for better or for worse um but i think once once we got to last stop suburbia we had I, don't, I hesitate to use the word matured, but I'll use it carefully. Um, we matured a little bit, you know, by that time. It's we a more 22. mature sound for sure. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah. And then so we just, you know, those first couple of years um, up to recording Last Stop Suburbia, we just spent touring uh, as much as we possibly could and, and playing anywhere and everywhere that would, you know, that would have us play.
0: That's Awesome. Yeah, cause, so it's awesome. You mentioned like the RX Bandits, like that. I mean, River Phoenix, who's also Phoenix, TX. You know, mm-hmm. there's so like you had you were label mates with so so many like awesome bands. Like Drive Through Records was one of the first ever record labels to where I remember just even listening and being like, "Holy shit!" Like everything on this is awesome. Mm-hmm. you know and those were the the great golden age of you know comps and that's yep. how everybody there's you know, so many different comps that were out and that's how everybody found their found their music you now, well before yeah. spotify and everything now
1: <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah comps were great and and
0: yeah it was cool you know like we it's
1: it's so funny to to think back now about all of the bands that were on drive-through, and to really look back from you know uh, the view at thirty thousand feet and think, "Fuck all of these bands!" Like, look at these bands: something corporate, Finch, Starting Line, Phoenix TX, Homegrown. Yeah, you know, like, jeez, man. I mean, the, and the newfound glory, like the list yeah. just keeps going on. It's like, wow,
0: man. It's you know, it's, it's a... every band that that especially like that label touched. It seemed just had a good career you mm-hmm. know just they yeah. You know, or or like it it validated like rx bandits is an awesome example because like they're just so fu- like they, they didn't i it from a lot of the bands that are on there they they like didn't fit the mold exactly mm-hmm. but good lord were they fucking cool yeah, very cool.
1: You know, the RX Bandits were the were the very first band that we ever met uh, on DriveThru uh, because they came, so this must have been in like 90, 97 or, or maybe 98, summer of 98. They came out and did a tour and they played at a record store not too far from where we lived. And so we had just literally like just signed with DriveThru. And I think we we may have even opened the show. I, I don't really recall if we played or not but i know we went there um and they were the first ones that we met and it was like so cool to meet a band from california who is on now the same label as we were Mm -hmm. and like we immediately became friends like it was just it was cool to meet people from out of town who were doing the same thing that we wanted to do you know they were like one step ahead of where we wanted to be because they were out there doing it and we hadn't quite yet toured at that time because we were all still in college and we hadn't quite gotten the chance to to tour uh full-time at that point um but yeah they were the first band that we met and i still say you know when i talk to people about about the rx bandits they're they they're not always uh my musically my favorite band um but they're the band that by far like it's almost not even close that I respect the most on drive through and they were by far the best musicians on drive through yeah. and to to watch them go from what was their first record called those damn bandits you know all yeah. the way up to um god I don't even remember the name of their newest record it's it's past the resignation it's there's a couple after that now too but just to see where they've gone and <clears throat> watch the uh, you know the progression of that band, it's one of the coolest things I've ever seen. And they're just they're all really great people, and they're just such good musicians. Like it's it's
0: it's awesome. It's really really cool. I'm gonna have to check out their latest stuff because I honestly it's that's one of those things that they like like I just kind of lost track after a while, you know because. Mm-hmm so much fucking music out there now yeah uh (laughs) yeah there really is (laughs) it's wild it's just nuts uh so though we're you know though you're celebrating the 20 years of last up suburbia uh that where that album did help shoot you guys into the spotlight bit you have a large catalog of music and it's all good what thank you song or album would you say means the most to you and why Ooh, that's a tough question.
1: Um, boy, you know, it's, it's hard. It's hard not to say last stop suburbia only because, you know, it was the, it was the best selling record. It was the most popular record that we have. And it's, you know, we're, we're kind of sitting in the middle of the 20 year anniversary of it now. So it's all kind of fresh and it's all, we're right kind of right back in the middle of all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's just so many good memories about that particular album um and i am really really proud of that record but we we put out a record in, in 2012 called mm-hmm. life behind machines yep um and i think that's probably m- my i i as a as a band member right as like being right. in the band that's yeah. probably one of the records that i'm the most proud of too um, only because, you know, we we did everything ourselves like we, you know, we we recorded it with our friend Mark McCluskey basically at his house, and he helped helped us produce it a little bit, but for the majority uh, of that album, you know, all of those songs were written ourselves. Um, And I think it really showed um, a maturity in our songwriting Uh um, and in our songwriting capabilities, like what we are capable of doing and not just necessarily like pop punk as as much as we all love doing just pop punk. I think on, on Life Behind Machines, we were able to kind of showcase a little bit of a little more creative side to to our band, which I thought was really, really fun that we mm-hmm. hadn't really done before. So that that was
0: pretty cool for me. That's a solid record. I was actually just re-listening to it today while I was like working on, you know, some of the stuff for the interview. And like it's it's a it's a solid record from start to finish. And I uh, like a personal favorite off of that of mine is is five years i just i it's a great start to the album i enjoy that song thank you yeah yeah
1: there's a there's a people ask me sometimes like what's what's your favorite song that you've ever written and like Mm -hmm. sometimes that's kind of hard like i have my favorites sure but i think one of my favorites on that record is is uh track number three is called Haley. Mm -hmm. for whatever reason i mean it just has a little bit of personal meaning to me um and I think it's just a, it's just a well-crafted song, or one of my better-crafted songs. Let's put it that way.
0: Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's one of the reasons I wanted to like, you know, ask this because it's like, um, as like as a musician, it's your favorite song isn't always the most popular song. You know, Correct. and so it's something it's it's nice to get that insight of like, what is your favorite, you know, yeah. uh, outside of what's the most popular? Mm-hmm. So, yeah,
1: for sure. Because, you know, a song like <clears throat> Somewhere on Fullerton, right, that's that's a, pr- a pretty popular song, you know, yeah. and, and it's a lot of people's favorite Alistair songs. Right. And I like that song, too. But that song was also written in like five minutes. Yeah. so there wasn't you know like there wasn't a whole lot to, at least going on in my head there wasn't a whole lot going on behind that song and it just sure. kind of came out so it almost felt like there was no effort to that song so it doesn't feel quite real to me at times you know oh sure um, so yeah it's kind of kind of a strange thing when when you know people fans of your band like the songs that you're just like eh, it's a fine song Yeah, and it's, it's okay, something Special, it.
0: Yeah, it great. <laughs> <laughs> well you know and the, also like the, the fans you know it, people interpret music and and songs in their own way mm-hmm. sometimes you have a song that um is just a story you were just like just writing a story you know mm-hmm. it did it's not personal it's just a story and it absolutely and you know some Some people will be like, well, that's my favorite. Cool. It means nothing to me. I literally has nothing. There's nothing there, Uh, you know, and then (laughs) (laughs) but then there are other songs that are deeply personal that um, people aren't going to know unless you ask. Yeah.
1: And I think that's part of the beauty of music, too, right, is that everyone can kind of attach their own meaning to a song. And then that's why songs become so personal to you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I think that's such an amazing thing that it doesn't really matter what was the intent or the intention of the artist when they were crafting it. Mm-hmm. Um, if it resonates with someone in a particular way, I think that's fantastic. You know, I think that's so cool.
0: Right. So the band went on hiatus in about two, 2007. Um, mm-hmm. did you think at the time that that was the end for Alistair and, and what drove the desire to return in 2010?
1: um i didn't i didn't think it was the end of alistair um but i knew at that time for various reasons we needed a break i needed a break i think we needed a break collectively but i did think that we would probably get back and play a little bit more at some point i honestly didn't think that we would put out two more albums um and I'm really happy, or technically three more albums if you include the the best of the 20 year right. anniversary record that right. we put out in, in 2019. Um, so I'm really excited that we were able to do that. Um, <clears throat> but you know I you know, I think this kind of thing is just in for me personally, is just in my blood. like this is kind of the thing that I just have to do. Um, yeah. maybe not necessarily full time anymore. Um, because I have other other priorities, but it, that that will that drive and that urge to play rock and roll and, and to tour and to play shows, I don't think will ever go away, uh, at least for me. So it's something that I will always have to do, whether it's with Alistair or with other bands that I play in or, or other musical endeavors that I do. Sure. Um, you know, but with Alistair, it was cool because we we had enough time. I think uh, it was about two years or so that we had time away to kind of clear our heads do whatever we needed to do and then around you know 2009 or so we started talking about hey do we want to play more shows do we want to think about doing another album and then it it felt like the right thing to do again and so we kind of got back together and wrote a bunch of songs had had a bunch of songs kind of laying around from some of the old sessions that didn't quite make it and we rehashed them and redid them a little bit and revise them for uh before the uh not before the blackout for um countdown to nowhere that came out in twenty ten. Mm-hmm. Um and then yeah things just kind of went from there. Um but because we're all you know because we all now have personal lives, families, yeah. full-time jobs, it's it Fucking made it a adults. lot harder. <laughs> right, right. Fuck,
0: what yeah. a drag.
1: <laughs> 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 um it made it much, much more difficult to tour full-time or to you know play as much as we were before and you know it's pretty much an impossibility so now we just kind of do it when we can and and that's what's really nice for us is that we're all okay with that like that's fine
0: for yeah. us do you have any future plans uh for a new alistair album or some new singles that uh, you guys have been in the works or
1: so Sort of. Okay. Um, we so we're we're we we're doing a couple of shows coming up uh, the first weekend of December. Um, so we're playing um in Baltimore, in Pittsburgh, and in Cleveland. And we've been kind of tossing around the idea of, you know, seeing what kind of new material we have that could be put towards a new album. Um, we're like in the very beginning stages of that. So like, okay. we don't have any plans as of right now, we're just kind of tossing around the idea of doing a new album. Um, which I think we would all like to do. Yeah. And I think we we have the capacity to do. Um, because I think between my, my, me and Scotty are the, the two primary songwriters, Scotty, right. our bass player. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so we write the majority of stuff and we, we send each other files back and forth like every so often, just like, oh, here's a new idea. Here's a new idea. So we have some of that stuff kind of ready to go. We probably have to re rehash and go sure. over a lot of the stuff. But, um, you know, I think if we really kind of sat down and, and and buckled down, we could probably be ready to record a new album by like the spring. So I think that's tenant. I don't want to – I don't want to – get out over my skis (laughs) here but tentatively i think that that might be a plan so that hopefully next year at some point we we can actually
0: record a new album because i know we would all like to do it for sure awesome sounds like that'd be awesome it'd be very 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 exciting it's it's a great time you know with the like the resurgence of the popularity of pop punk and everything like now is a fantastic time and that's kind of one of the that's almost exactly what we were
1: thinking too you know like this would be a good time to kind of capitalize and put out a new record you know like especially with the you know they're doing all those tours now and the 20-year anniversary tours of like every drive through band is yeah. going to be happening this year and next year there's the when we were young uh festivals you know all of that stuff like it yep. it just it feels like a
0: good time to to put out a new record so Heck yeah you know maybe you can like maybe you guys can like work out some sort of like juggernaut tour some like drive some drive through alum tour you know do some some big old fun things
1: yep i don't think that would be out of the question i think if if logistically we could get it to work i i think there would be some bands who would definitely be interested in doing that hell yeah
0: you know let's you know let's let's get some homegrown back out let's let's oh god let's get that going
1: (laughs) (laughs) that'd be i would love that that would be the shit
0: yeah we just had um adam on the show oh cool um a a few months back in april so nice you know because he's doing his newer band radical radical Mm -hmm. um it's really good so you know yeah that's a good album that actually just came on my shuffle the other day heck yeah it's definitely good yeah adam's such a great dude just have to talk down and be like come on man Let's get let's some homegrown let's, let's, let's do <laughs> this let's, let's just make like magic. just like 2003 absolutely that's what we. <laughs> it'd need. be perfect it'd be 20 it's, years exactly what the world needs it's i agree 100 it's exactly the world <laughs> the world needs this um uh, <clears throat> speaking of uh other projects you have another band called hot alice uh, I do. so you recorded a theme for the cubs called mm-hmm. fly the w in yep. 2016 Uh, You've released two EPs since then. When you began, like, I I guess I don't know whether the the Cubs theme came first before, like, anything else. But um, when you were working on that, did you intend on starting a new band? Or were you just like, let's let's make a rad jam?
1: Yeah, I think we were (laughs) were intent on starting a new band. Um, Yeah, we... We had started Hot Alice in a, in a different iteration probably back in, like, uh, 2010, maybe. Okay. Um, so it started a while ago, um, and then we kind of went through some member changes and didn't really play and weren't really doing anything. And then in 2015 or whenever it was, um, my brother joined the band, <clears throat> um, and we kind of – we or, he he was kind of always in the band but we regrouped with him and another friend of ours and kind of made like a solid lineup and that's when we were like he was like hey i got this song idea (laughs) he's like let me show you guys how it goes and like immediately we were like this is fucking awesome like what is this he's (laughs) like i don't know i don't i don't have any words and it just so happened that you know baseball season was coming up and sure We were like, hey, look, the Cubs are really good this year. Like, let's turn this song into a theme song for the Cubs. And everyone was like, yes, because we're huge baseball fans, like Mm -hmm. complete fucking nerd baseball fans. Like we nerd out hard on baseball and um, and everyone was in agreement. And so we did. And we turned it into this Cubs theme song, which I think turned out really fucking cool. And it's an awesome song. And the Cubs ended up winning the World Series that year. So we like to think that it was all because of our song that they ended up winning the World Series. It, I mean, it was, but... It was, sure. 100%. Yeah. We're, we're not wrong about that. No. Um, but yeah, so... And then and then we just kind of, you know, kept writing our own songs and just kept practicing and playing when we could. And so now we have, like, a... We've had our finalized lineup and, and we've had the same lineup now for, like... uh three or four years. Okay. I think. Um, and so, you know, and, so, and we all live really close together so we can practice a lot. We, we jam usually every weekend, um, maybe okay. every other weekend. Um, and it's just, it's, you know, just another fun rock and roll project for us, you know, just, just to have something to do to kind of keep us busy and like continue to write songs and like yes. experiment a little bit. You know, we we like try to use effects pedals here and there and just to see what we can do. Sure.
0: Just kind of fun. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: yeah, it's, you know, it's definitely got a, a bit heavier, more kind of rock feel to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that was the goal for it to be a, a little bit more rock and roll. Sure. So we got one more question before we move on to our next segment. Mm-hmm. If you could give our listeners a piece of advice that you know now that you wish you had known when you were first starting out, what would it be? Ah uh, let's
1: see I would probably say, <clears throat> I, you know, it sounds a, a, a little cliche, probably, but you know, don't don't ever let someone tell you that you can't uh, because you can make things happen in any which way that you want to make them happen. You know, like I remember, When we, when we first started off and we, we told people like, Hey, we, we're going to tour and we're Mm going to get a van and we're going to go play punk rock shows around the country. (laughs) People were like, yeah, right. Okay. Sure. You are Uh, good luck with that. And (laughs) you know, what did we do? We went out, we bought a van, right? We pulled Mm -hmm. our money together. We bought a shitty van that had like 150,000 miles on it. No air conditioning. We bought a Who magazine that? that gave us a whole bunch of promoters' names and places that we could play, places that we could sleep. And we did everything ourselves. Um and for a, a long time, you know, we did everything ourselves. We booked our own tours. We booked yep. our own shows. Um, and we were successful at doing that. Um And I think it made us better it made us better people. and it made us appreciate, I think, the things that we got out of the band more so than, other bands who maybe started and after two months just kind of had things handed to them. Sure. Um, you know, and so I think that that pursuit of doing whatever it is that you love doing, Mm -hmm. um, is, is really important for your mental health. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, first and foremost, because that, that keeps you happy, you know? And then I think, I think that's not to get, too much off on a tangent, but I think that's one of the things that's, that's lacking a little bit is that people don't do enough for themselves Mm -hmm. when they need to. Um, you know, they don't take the time out to do things that make them happy, like truly make them happy. You know, they might do things that are fun, like go bowling or like, you know, play mini golf, but like they, they don't do things that truly make them happy. Um, and when you can find something like that, like whatever, whether it's playing rock and roll or, you know, doing art or, you know, writing stories or, mm-hmm. you know, painting, whatever the case is. Um, I just think it makes makes you an
0: overall better better person. Absolutely. I I completely agree. And I, it's tough because, you know, especially in the world of like rock and roll, it's so easy to just give up when mm-hmm. things are hard. Uh, or just, and I guess in any kind of create like creative project um but whatever you're doing taking the time to learn all the aspects of it yourself because nobody is going to want it for you more than you will want it for yourself Mm -hmm. Um, absolutely because you can have the greatest like team behind you but if you are no longer doing well to pay that team that cares so much about you, they're going to leave. They're yeah. going to leave you. And if yeah. you didn't learn how to do any of that stuff on your own, you're going to be left in the dust.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I think another thing too, as I was kind of sitting here thinking about it, is that is to always like be honest with yourself, right? Especially mm-hmm. like in your artwork or your creative endeavors, right? That's mm-hmm. really important. Like I remember for a while, like, all we tried to do was be screeching weasel, you know, and like, (laughs) and that was cool, but, but there, there gets, you know, you get to a point where like you have to become Alistair or you have to, you have to be honest with, with what it is that you're creating and what you're doing, because when you're honest with your own creative outlets, people recognize and people will see that honesty and they will respect that much more so than they will watching someone who's just trying to copy someone else's work.
0: Just watching Alistair try to sing like Billy Joe from Green Day, you know, like no one wants (laughs) they want to see that. They want to see you sing like you, you know, (laughs) right, right. I I, I only say that because that is literally what, you know, how I initially was starting, you know, uh, you know, learn Green Day is early Green Day, especially very easy to learn, you know, as you are learning how to play guitar, learning Mm -hmm. how to, not only play but sing and play guitar you know uh green day was one of the first ones that i uh, started and, to learn absolutely and, oh yeah me too. Uh, you gotta gotta sing like them though if you're gonna mm-hmm. sing those songs you gotta sing like them absolutely <laughs> and then no doubt about it and then that like i had a problem not singing like that <laughs> right because <laughs> you know, <Right>. like, <laughs> it just becomes second nature yeah, like wait stop, a minute stop doing that stop it <laughs> on that note <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back with our next segment. Nothing gets you more fucking psyched for Christmas, quite like pop punk and emo Christmas songs. Unsigned pop punk and common thread records present to you a very pop-punk Christmas Volume 2. 13 ass-kicking holly-jolly tracks from some of the best up-and-coming bands in the scene today. Get your copy now for just $10. The first 50 orders get a free holiday ornament. Limited quantities are available, so don't be a bozo and get yours today. And we're back. We're going to... Hop into our obscure question segment. Um yeah, I didn't I didn't get too like weird with this one. Sometimes I get weird, it all depends. <laughs> it really all depends. Um, it's, all, it's all good. <laughs> but uh so we were talking about that you're a big Cubs fan earlier. Mm-hmm. That actually is my first question. So since you're a big Chicago Cubs fan, can you tell me your favorite Cubs moment that you've experienced? Uh yeah, I mean that's pretty easy for me that watching the Cubs
1: win the 2016 World Series. Um, you know, I've I've been a Cubs fan since I was born. And so and they've pretty much my entire life have just been perpetually bad. And so yeah, um, you know, watching them have some success in those years from 2015 through 2018, 2019. Um, you know, those were that was, that was amazing. You know, just, just watching the whole playoffs or the whole season really yeah. uh, watching them go all the way from the beginning of the season. They were, the, they were rated as the best team in the league. They were number one throughout the entire season and they ended up winning the world series. Um, and that, that game seven of that world series is is probably one of the greatest sporting events in, in the history of sports. I mean, between them and the, the indians at the time like that it was i mean it was unbelievable it but was. that's that's my favorite yeah it was, yeah, it was my... a
0: very good series how about mm-hmm. uh i think was it the season before what the um the back to the future season yes where, it was were 2015 they, yeah where mm-hmm. they were
1: supposed to win uh-huh. But they did and not. they made it all the way to the National League Championship yep. Series and then they ended oh, up getting yeah. swept by the Mets. But that was that was crazy that Back to
0: the Future, oh, which know. is my favorite movie by the way, hence the uh oh, the yeah. sweatshirt. Funny um, enough, I didn't actually put 2 and 2 together. <laughs> 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 but I did notice earlier that you were wearing a Back to the Future hoodie. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, I, it's crazy that they almost called that. I know. I was watching I I grew up as as a, a young lad um one of my goals in life was to be a major league baseball player that's just what i was going to be of course um yeah i was going to be the next nolan ryan um, absolutely yeah yeah playing until i was 46 <laughs> you know um, right 26 seasons or whatever it is 20 27 is that what it was 27 you know, seasons? Only, now here's the thing I'm not like super like knowledgeable. The only reason I know that is because during my time being sick over the past week, there's a documentary on Netflix called Facing Nolan. Mm -hmm. And I just watched it. (laughs) Was it good? I've heard good things about it. It's super good. Super good. But yeah, like there was a lot that I didn't, I didn't know. It's, it's, he was my favorite baseball player. When I was a kid, he was my number one, and it's wild to think of that he was like forty years old when he became my favorite baseball player. That's, that's crazy. fucking insane. <laughs> that is crazy. Wow. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. Just as a like a, a sports fan, fun fact: if you didn't know, he his the last uh, no hitter that he pitched. He was 43 years old. It's unbelievable. And how many did he throw? Seven? Seven.
1: Man. that's Insane. It's absolutely insane. I mean, it's so ridiculous. It's funny, like, it's funny that you mentioned Nolan Ryan as your favorite baseball player because Greg Maddox is my favorite baseball player. And Uh it, it would make me wonder, like, kind of in our generation, how many of our favorite baseball players are pitchers? Um, because most, a lot of my favorite players were our pitchers. Now that I think about it, like, I mean, I like a lot of the hitters too, but
0: there were I, so many good
1: pitchers that I liked.
0: Well, there were so many good pitchers. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I liked like the power people, like the power pitchers, the power hitters, like, because they just made like, you know, early nineties, you know, Ken Griffey Jr. Frank Thomas, You Mm -hmm. know, Bo Jackson. You know, uh, all those like monster hitters, and same thing with like Nolan Ryan, Randy Johnson. You know, just power pitchers that like doesn't matter. They hold the record for walks. They also hold the records Mm -hmm. for strikeouts. Right. Yeah. What What was Nolan Ryan at? Like five thousand some strikeouts. He was 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 like five thousand seven hundred something. He was. Fucking close to 6,000 that's so ridiculous Randy Johnson was on that uh uh the documentary and he was like I'm in second place for most strikeouts and Nolan Ryan has a thousand more than I do <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy you and, know it's like one of my most favorite
1: fun facts about Greg Maddox is that th- this is this almost more so than any of his pitching statistics he won like 18 gold gloves like, yeah, that's crazy.
0: 18 as a pitcher. That's yeah. that's so ridiculous. That's wild. Do you know, mm-hmm. like another thing, uh, Nolan Ryan never won a Cy Young award. Is that right? Not one.
1: Wow. I, I never knew that. That's literally the
0: greatest pitcher of all time. Not one wow. Cy Young. Unbelievable. He also hit a home run once. Did he really? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Very
0: Nice. Yeah,
1: um, <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to watch that documentary. I, I knew it good. was out there, but yeah, I'm gonna have to check that out.
0: Maybe if I get some time this weekend, it's good. So back on to like my my the original question. Um, mm-hmm. I so I'm from Minnesota. The Cubs, so I I can like the Cubs because they're not the White Sox. I yeah. can't like the White Sox, but For I can sure. like the Cubs. Um, so I I actually. I think I've watched almost as many Cubs baseball games as I have twins games because um, we had WGN Mm -hmm. and it was always fucking on. The Cubs were always Always. on always. And so you could watch the Cubs more than you could watch the twins up here. So it was just like, so me and my friends, like that's all we would do is was baseball was our life. So we'd watch the Cubs just get wrecked usually. Every, every season they, they were so bad but um there's this movie um with dana carvey uh, called opportunity knocks okay and it i was like obsessed with it when i was younger i just thought it was so great and um like one of the big things in it is how like their their favorite baseball player was ernie banks Hmm. and so like, as an adult, I was like, I'm going to get a fucking Ernie Banks jersey. You yeah. Know? So, like, so I just, I have an Ernie Banks jersey. <laughs> nice. Now that rules. <laughs> yeah. It, it's just like. That's so great. You know, I've got a whole bunch of twins jerseys and an Ernie Banks. Very nice. Very nice. You got a pocket? I, yeah, I do have a pocket. Yeah. 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 yeah, I was trying to think. I'm like, do I have a pocket?
1: I was like, you got to have
0: a pocket. Like that would be the probably the staple. I would think. Who else? Joe Mauer. Yeah, Joe Mauer. Um, I mean, I kind of always wanted a Chuck Knoblock.
1: I was just gonna say that. <laughs> Do you have a Chuck <laughs> Knoblock jersey? <laughs> uh, like after he started getting those yips thrown over to first base, I was like, yeah, I don't know.
0: Yeah. All right. I mean Rod Carew. You know. Yeah. I mean, Kilabrew. Yeah. A, there's. A, it's a lot of good ones yeah a lot um, of good, yeah a lot I always good like the ones. like sometimes I like the obscure ones but I I really can't think of anyone offhand currently like I said have... I'm I'm impressed that my brain's pulling these names out currently. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> have you been to the new target field oh yeah have you seen a game there oh yeah it's great It's nice yeah uh, I love it. the only thing I have against it is I I really dislike that all sporting um event centers are in fucking downtown minneapolis god i don't like that um it just makes parking so hard yeah so i that's just that's mine my thing but i did get to go to wrigley field uh that was awesome very nice i mean it's the oldest stadium in baseball Uh,
1: I think it's – I think Fenway might be, like, a year older. Is it? I think so. I think Fenway was 06, and I think uh, Wrigley was 08, maybe. I might be wrong. Maybe I have those backwards. I'm not sure.
0: That's that's fair. I just know that, you know, the uh, Yankee Stadium was torn down, so that doesn't even count anymore. Nah, fuck those guys. (laughs) <laughs>
1: god damn right <laughs> Man, i could talk
0: baseball all day <laughs> i'm sure the, our listeners are like, I don't know like, like come Jeez. on let's get back to the Guys, music <laughs> speaking of music let's get into another question that has nothing to do with music. Yeah. <laughs> but being from chicago you've got some pretty iconic food dishes chicago's known for its deep dish pizza so this is going to be a two-part question First, where, in your opinion, is the best place to get pizza in Chicago? And it doesn't doesn't have to be Deep Dish. It can be whatever you want. Um, so we'll start with that one. Yeah, you know what's funny is that, like,
1: you know, Deep Dish is kind of what Chicago is known for. But, like, when you talk to almost any Chicagoan, Nobody here actually eats the deep dish. Nobody really likes the deep dish. (laughs) It's all about the tavern style, like the thin crust. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, And some brick oven. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know. For me, there was a, um, there was a, a a restaurant called Taylor street pizza. I I actually worked at one of them for a little while and, 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 man they made a good pizza like that was a good pizza um there's a couple other places too you know Lou Malnati's is like the famous kind of the 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 most famous one Giordano's is pretty famous too like yep those are okay
0: um I've I've had Giordano's freeze shipped to me in Minnesota like (laughs) it's it's pretty good
1: yeah it's decent (laughs) for sure um but it's usually kind of the some of the hole in the wall places that have right. have the best the best tavern style the best thin crust, and it's got to be square cut. Like get out of here with that pie cut shit. Those triangles, <laughs> fuck. It's got to be
0: square. Wow, really? Okay, <laughs> yeah. all right. So, like you, you like getting those just middle with no crust pieces? Hmm. I generally prefer the crust pieces, but I yes. I, I,
1: I like the middle. Yeah.
0: Like if if I'm eating a pizza with somebody else and it's kind of, you know, it's that square cut thing. I'm going for all the crust pieces first. Yeah. I'm going to fight the... to get those. <laughs> <laughs> that's usually the way that I would go too. Yeah. Uh, like, but I'll I don't mind the, the middle part for sure. Yeah. I'm going to be less happy about it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know about you, but like my, like the thing that excites me about the square cut are The little, little tiny, cor- like triangle mm-hmm. pieces that oh, gosh, so that's my favorite. I'm like, you yeah, know, yeah. give me that. <laughs> <laughs> that's what, like, that's sometimes my... it's
1: it's just dough. There's
0: like, yeah, it, they, it, even, they it cut matter. it so that it's not even sauce or cheese. Yeah, doesn't matter, doesn't right. matter. I will fist fight you for it. <laughs> you give me that triangle piece, nice. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the second part of the question so you've toured all over, not over the not oh okay you've toured not only all over the country but you've toured toured all over the world Mm -hmm. have you had a better pizza than in Chicago and if so where ooh um
1: I don't think that I have um I you know, I don't. I don't mind New York style yeah, pizza. Well, it's what kind about of like the f-
0: New York? Yeah, it's, it's kind, like, kind of the floppy. A New York you, know, pizza. you kind of
1: bend it. You know, like you gotta be whatever. able to fold it. <laughs> right, right. You <laughs> fold it up, shove it in your face. Um, I I don't mind that sometimes, but no, I think, I think Chicago is 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 probably the best, the best pizza. Now, I will say that Minneapolis has the best, one one of my favorite foods or favorite burgers is the juicy lucy oh yeah good stuff you know like every time we play in minneapolis and every time i would go there we have to go to matt's okay because it's the best and i know there's another place that serves another variation of the juicy lucy i can't remember what it's called
0: yeah i don't remember what it's called either but it's matt's and another one and they Mm -hmm. both like fight for yeah started it
1: yeah, Matt's <laughs> has always been my preference. Like it's good, it's yeah, so good. Oh, it's so good. Every time we go there, we always stop.
0: Um, but that's that's one of my favorites. I'm a I'm a big burger fan. Like burgers, like my top three foods are like burgers, pizza, and tacos. Like, yeah. so nice. <laughs> you, I mean, I'm, you can't go wrong. I'm about as pop punk as it gets. You know, <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my last obscure question pretty straightforward what are your thoughts on the chicago dog oh man i'm gonna get in a lot of
1: trouble for this but i think the chicago dog is bullshit it's <laughs> such bullshit man like these fucking assholes that tell you not to put ketchup on a hot dog like get out of here with that shit if you like ketchup on your hot dog put ketchup on your hot dog so tired of this uh, you can't put ketchup on your hot dog so Whatever. even if it's
0: a chicago dog is it like blasphemous to put ketchup on it Oh yeah, oh yeah. You never, never put ketchup on a hot dog in Chicago, like never, Wait, like on any hot dog. Uh
1: uh-uh,
0: uh-uh. What the fuck? Yeah, I can't right? eat That's just what... bun and meat. That's boring as shit. Right. Well, I think okay. that I think I think the uh,
1: the thinking is that if you're gonna eat a hot dog, it's gotta be the Chicago style with the peppers okay. and the pickle and the yeah. mustard. You know. And, well, I like, mean, I yeah.
0: yeah, I don't mind
1: that. I don't. I don't like pickles, so I won't eat pickles. Okay. But... So I. I like a
0: pickle. I like pickles. Yeah. A lot of people do.
1: Maybe. Not me. <laughs> I mean,
0: I. I don't. I honestly don't think I've ever had like a Chicago dog. Like the true Chicago style yeah, dog, especially not in like I've never had one in Chicago. When yeah. like every time I've been to Chicago, I'm like I'm gonna get one, and then you know I fucking don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 why would I? You know, right?
1: I mean, just, it's not bad. Like, there's there's nothing wrong with it. But I'm just saying, like, you can put ketchup on a hot dog. Like, that's okay yeah. to
0: do, and it <laughs> well, still tastes good. Right. I I, I agree. I'm I like ketchup. So I do too. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like if I'm gonna like. I think just as a, on a hot dog, like, there's nothing better than just a good old. I like mustard too, but like, I like the combo. Ketchup yeah, and mustard. Absolutely. It's a good combo. Ketchup
1: mustard. Throw some onions on there. Oh yeah. yeah. There it. you go.
0: Now yeah. you're talking my language. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a good ballpark dog right there. That is a good ballpark dog, yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it for my obscure questions. We're gonna we're gonna go to our last segment, which is just rapid fire questions. Okay. And uh, so all you're gonna do here is gonna speak from the heart, you're gonna shoot from the hip. Shoot from the Whatever okay. your first your first answer, go with it. All right, I hope they're good. Oh, I I have faith in you. I, got, you got <laughs> I appreciate that. Are yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, you ready? Yeah. Coke or Pepsi? Pepsi. Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars. Right. Mario or Luigi? Mario. Yeah. Okay. Okay. This now this one isn't a either or question. This one's gonna challenge your brain, okay. and I have faith faith in you. You're a Midwestern boy. You've got this. Okay. <laughs> All right. Pressure's this. on. Okay. Can you sing to me the jingle for Bagel Bites? No, I cannot do her. it. You Mm-mm. sure? I have. No, I have no
1: idea.
0: <laughs> I've I've run into so many <laughs> of this lately. So uh, so I, I I come up with these questions for like the pretty much the whole season. And this one I was like this is going to be such a hit or miss question, but I'm going to roll <laughs> with it the whole year. And I think the past like 10 people are like I have no fucking clue. No and idea. Like, every once in a while you'll get one and it's like, "Oh yeah." but most <laughs> most of the time so i'm going to sing this to you and okay. i bet you i'll bet you that it you'll remember i'll probably recognize it pizza! <laughs> so it's pizza in the morning pizza in the evening pizza at pizza supper and supper time, time. When pizzas <laughs> on a bagel you can you eat pizza, pizza anytime time. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes for sure it just oh man that's it unlocks such a core memory like i've never for some for some reason i've never been able to forget that i couldn't remember what the fuck the commercial was what happened in the commercial but through my whole life i never forgot that damn song (laughs) that's so
1: funny because The minute you started singing, I was like, oh, yeah, I fucking know this song. But but if you didn't, had you not given me the context and you just sang the song, I would have known the song, but I would have no idea what it was a commercial for. Would not have been able to tell you that it was for,
0: what is it, Bagel Bites? Bagel Bites. The little pizza bagels.
1: Yeah. No, No. I would have no idea that's what it was for. (laughs) (laughs) But I do know the song for sure. I know. And it's just
0: like, (laughs) it's one of those I'm like, I can't be the only one. I need to find out how many other people remember this.
1: Oh, that's so funny. Man, <laughs> I haven't heard that in so long.
0: All right. Well, Ballister wants to cover it. Just, just let me know. <laughs> yeah, all right. We'll <laughs> kick you back some royalties if we oh, do. Oh, I don't need, I just need first cut. <laughs> all right. All right. We can do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got three more for you. All right. Gwen Stefani or Haley Williams? Uh Gwen Stefani. Hard shell or soft shell tacos. hard shell yeah it's a good one how about a good old double decker Mm. yeah that's good too yeah that was
1: that's a tough one i like i I like both hard shell and soft shell tacos
0: it's and that's because they're both great but there's a thing like Mm -hmm. for for me personally um i can eat like i love soft shell and almost every single time i'll have soft shell but there are just moments and periods in my life where like I will fight somebody for a hard shell taco and I don't know why, but like I will crave a hard shell taco Mm -hmm. so badly, but I I won't ever have that feeling for a soft shell. Yeah. You know, what's really funny is that I
1: very rarely ever eat Taco Bell. Like I, but I get a craving for it like three times a year. Sure. And like when I do, that's what i get the craving for is the hard shell tacos mm-hmm. and so i'll usually get a couple of those and like a couple of soft shell tacos and maybe like a burrito
0: right uh, yeah i'm i'm kind of the same way except mine's more like 3 times a week i'm craving it <laughs> <laughs> you're like my brother yeah. <laughs> um yeah but my my whole thing is when i especially once i get like those intense cravings for a hard shell taco and then you go and eat the hard shell taco and then it stabs you in the roof of your mouth and mm-hmm. you go why did i want this why did i do every that? time every yeah. time yeah absolutely <laughs> last question rapid fire questions some 41 or yellow card uh some 41 Good. <laughs> a good one why is Sum 41 your choice uh because they're a better band i think okay that's fair um see to me it's like i think they're both incredible bands i enjoy metal music so i love like that metal that they incorporate into their pop punk mm-hmm. um I think the yellow card and the in the uh violins incredible as well, but like I find myself wanting like that just that roughness of some forty one. It's just fun. Yeah. I I tend to prefer bands with a little bit of,
1: of an edge to yeah. them or like what I perceive as an edge, sure. like mm-hmm. like bad motherfuckers, you know? Yeah. and not that some 41 necessarily has that but i feel like they have that a little more than yellow card sure so that's that's why i'd probably go with them
0: fair enough i agree i mean it's it's same same feelings yeah and that's it you did it you finished the podcast now's your chance let everybody know what you got going on where they can find you what's next
1: Oh, so yes. So I am Tim from Alistair. You can find me uh, still on Twitter uh, for the time being uh, at, at Humbug Rog. Uh, I'm also on Instagram at Tim Alistair. Um, yeah. Check out uh, the bands that I play in Alistair and Hot Alice. Uh, I also got a bandcamp page with uh, some stuff that I do, just uh, some solo songs that I've released and solo EP, some some stuff that I post up there every once in a while. Um, yeah, come and check me out. Send me
0: some messages. Let's let's talk. Hell yeah. <laughs> well, Tim, thanks so much for hanging out with me. Uh, it's thanks been a blast. Um, yeah. Definitely fun. Hell yeah. Well, this has been another episode of Where Did All My Friends Go? podcast about life in the music industry, and we will see y'all next Monday thank you so much for checking out the show please hit that like subscribe or follow button so you never miss an episode and thank you so much to those of you who already are check us out on spotify apple Podcasts, youtube or anywhere else you stream your podcasts if you're in the position to help us grow and like behind the scenes access and exclusive shows head on over to our patreon at www.patreon.com slash unsigned pop pump. Let us know in the comments who you'd like to see on the show and what other content you'd like to see. Thank you all so much.